Good morning and welcome to our ASI Sabbath School. It's such a blessing to be together today to study the Word of God. I have with me a panel that we are going to be engaged in an interactive discussion. And I want to explain a little bit about how that's going to work because we want you to have your Bible open and also respond to some questions that we have. So we have a website that is going to be put on the screen and we're going to show you exactly what to do. You go to slido.com. You're going to put in your participant ID. You can see it's a 19794 and you're going to be able to interact with our Sabbath School class. So at this time, I'd like to uh, ask Michelle Ducamus to have our opening prayer before we get into our study. Sure. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for the chance to, to join together on the Sabbath. Thank you for a chance to study your word, Lord. Um, as we are studying about the Holy Spirit and witnessing today, we need your Holy Spirit. Uh, it's not something we just want to talk about. We, we need your presence. And so I want to pray for that right now, that you would join us here on this panel and you would join um, all of us that are, that are watching, that are participating from wherever we are, that you would guide these discussions and let them be for your honor and for your glory. So we pray this and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a powerful lesson this has been. And as we are going to get into our lesson study, uh, Steve is going to read for us the text that is the memory text. Steve. So, Rodney, our memory text today comes from Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. Many probably have this memorized and uh, could probably repeat it with me, but I want to read it today from the New King James Version. And this is what it says. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Amen. Thank you so much, Steve. So I want to ask everyone here on our panel, have any of you ever had an experience where you prayed and after you were done, the room was shaken? Anyone of you had that experience before? I'm going to, Rodney, I'm going to be the first to admit no. No, okay. Any, anyone, anyone else? Renella? Mm, not, not physically not, shaken. Not physically no. shaken. Was it a physical shaking that took place, do you think? Hmm. <laughs> could have been. Could have been, could have been. Well, let me tell you just a little story of an experience that I had that was the closest thing that I had to mm. this experience. Right. We were doing a Friday night uh, Bible study. I was leading out and we were looking at John chapter 10, verse 10, where it talks about how Satan comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And immediately when I read that and I said, we have an enemy, Satan is really out to get us. Immediately we had an earthquake. I live in wow. Southern California. <laughs> so that was a shaking experience. Uh, but I, too, have not uh, had that experience that we read here in Acts chapter 4. But that's what God is really wanting us to be involved in. Now, I'd like for us to put up a poll question. We want to get some audience uh, interaction here. So, again, we want you to go to slido.com 
and put in your uh, participant ID 19794. We can have that question up again and we're going to encourage you to respond to us. The question is, how do you feel about taking the three angels' messages to every person on the planet? What is your response? You can choose A, it sounds nice, but it's impossible. B, it is impossible. C, I pray for the Holy Spirit to use me to accomplish this. So we want you to be thinking about that, respond to that. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. But the whole question is based off of Sabbath afternoon's lesson study, where we looked at the Gospel Commission. Renella, when you hear Gospel Commission, what do you think of? What is the Gospel Commission? Well, I think of Jesus's words, of course, when he says, go into all the world to preach the gospel to every, uh, you know, to, to every all creature, nations, right? right? Every creature. And I think, um, you know, of course, of Revelation 14 and the part that stands out to me most is that we're supposed to preach the gospel as a witness to all nations. Mm. Amen. Beautiful. So uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 we alluded to Mark 16, 15, preach the gospel to every creature. Now, uh, Curtis, there was a challenge that these early believers had, and the lesson brings it out very well. What was the challenge that these early believers faced? Well, it seemed that it, it was just uh, too great of a task, really, you know, to, to take this message to the whole world. In fact, uh, if you look in Matthew 28, uh, 17, where just before the Gospel Commission came, it says some doubted. And this even relates to our poll question here that we just read. Um, does it seem like this is, you know, too great of a task to take this message to the whole? And this was perhaps what they were feeling like at this time. But then it goes on to say, all power is given me in heaven and in earth. And then the commission comes. But then at the end, it says, uh, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end. Amen. That's a powerful promise. So as we're thinking about that early commission, what were those disciples lacking? <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> what was that, Michelle? Let's just name some of the things that they were lacking. Well, they probably didn't have all the money they thought they needed. They probably didn't have as many people as they thought they needed. They How probably lacked the transportation with? methods. Well, 12, 70, 120. Exactly. <laughs> what about a few languages they were missing? Languages that they were missing. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about today. What is our challenge as a church trying to take the three angels' messages to all of the world? What are some of our challenges? Anyone? Rod, Rod, yes, Steve. Rod, if, if, if we look at this and compare ourselves, let's say, to the early church, Generally speaking, there's a lot more of us. There's no question about that. There's millions of Seventh-day Adventists scattered around the globe now. We now have all the modes of transportation possible. We have the Internet. We have so many things available to us. So as I ponder this question, it really makes some sense. When you think of what they were facing versus what we're facing, but it still seems we're lacking the same thing. And that's the Holy Spirit. Mm, very, very interesting. So I really enjoy missions. I minored in missions when I was in college. And so it always intrigues me about statistics, about how many people are considered unreached. Now, Curtis, I know that you also do a lot of work with ASAP mm -hmm. Ministries. 
How many people are we talking about that are considered unreached in our world today? Well, I don't know an exact number, Rodney. No um, one really knows an exact number, but I've heard something like 40% of the world right. is really in considered unreached. Right. And the barriers that we have are really challenging ones with yeah. politics and religion and uh, ethnic diversity and oppression and governments that are restricting religious freedom. So we do have a lot of challenges but Steve, you've nailed it right on the head. Our greatest need is the Holy Spirit, which brings us to Sunday's lesson. Mm -hmm. Let's take a little bit of time and look at that lesson where it talks about Jesus' gift to his church. There are several verses that were highlighted on that lesson. While you're thinking about what to do, let's just uh, put up the response to the poll and let's see uh, what kind of audience participation we were able to get on the first one. Let's bring up the uh, web page that shows the results of the Slido poll. If we can do that, that would be fantastic. So we can actually see how people responded. Fantastic, okay, thank you so much. We have 98% of you who responded saying, I pray for the Holy Spirit to use me to help accomplish this. Isn't that good Amen. news? Two mm percent -hmm. said it is impossible. Mm. So it does from a human perspective. <laughs> sure. Doesn't it look like it's absolutely impossible? Yeah. There's no way we can do it. So we need the Holy Spirit. Let's talk more about that from mm. Sunday's lesson. Who's got a comment from the promise that Jesus gave about the parakletos? I... I had a comment on that. I, I really liked how the lesson brought out that word parakletos being a helper, a comforter. But, you know, when I look that up in the Greek, it's also an advocate or an intercessor. And actually the same word that was used in 2 John chapter 2, verse uh, 1, where it says that Jesus is our parakletos with the Father. And so that kind of gave uh, some meaning to it to me, even more than just, oh, a nice, nice comforter. He'll be with you. But no, this is someone who's actually like fighting for you, advocating for you. That is very powerful. Again, the text that you were alluding to was 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Is that correct? I think I said 2 John, but okay. I could be wrong. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fantastic. Excellent. Uh, another comment about the promise. Rodney, here, here's, what, here's what I think about this promise. When I read it, it still kind of bothers me. I think I'm a little bit like the disciples because this is what it says. Jesus says, it's expedient for you that I go away. I personally would love to have Jesus Christ right beside me, giving me direction, face-to-face -face contact, person-to-person. -person. During this pandemic, we've suffered a lot of distancing from people and a lack of the what we would normally expect as uh, association and, and visiting and that kind of thing. So Jesus, I'm sure, was right, though, in that the Holy Spirit can be a closer companion than even Jesus right by my side. But I still need to get to that experience with the Holy Spirit. Powerful thought. Thank you very much for sharing. And I think that's a perfect segue, actually, into our next question. And we're going to put that up on the screen at this point. Question number two. Uh, we want you just to think about this one. We, we don't have a response for this one, but we want you to think about it. Are you in the habit of specifically praying daily for the Holy Spirit in your life? 
Yes, no, or sometimes. During ASI, we've had these thought questions, and we have encouraged you to be brutally honest with yourself. And I hope that you've had time for introspection and saying, am I really praying daily to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Am I asking God to help me share the three angels' messages? So let's come back to Monday's lesson now and the whole idea of uh, what the Holy Spirit does. So again, I'm looking to the panel. Bring out some highlights. Renella, bring out a highlight from Monday's lesson. What, what did you see on Monday's lesson that was so profound? Um, yeah, you know, they were talking about the series of verses that we've all read in Acts where there's just this momentum that's building and building and people are being baptized and there's just this general sense of victory, right? And I think that it's incredible to see the work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives, but just kind of tagging on to Sunday's lesson too, there was a work that every single person had to do because the Holy Spirit is a helper. The Holy Spirit doesn't just do everything for us, right? Or else we'd already be in heaven. Part of the work of sanctification is that we are a part of that process, and He comes alongside and helps us. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit and the latter rain power that we saw in Acts and that we're hoping for now, um, I think it's important to know that the um, the power that comes is uh, is expanding and amplifying the work that's already being done by the people. So he's a helper that comes and just gives power to the work that's being done. Amen. That's beautiful. Thank you very much, Renella. Curtis, did you have uh, well, not another only thought on this it's one? It's interesting. Not only do we see the Holy Spirit working in the people that, that are hearing the message, but the Holy Spirit was working in the hearts of the disciples, the people that at one point were very haughty, proud, argumentative, you know, in nature, now we see a unity among them. And so the Holy Spirit does that work as well, so that then our witness can be much more effective. Mm, powerful. And the lesson, on Monday's lesson, is called A Church Filled with the Spirit's Power. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the difference between an individual filled with the Holy Spirit's power and a church filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Mm. How important is this idea of being individually filled and corporately filled with the Holy Spirit? Let's talk about that. The, Steve? The way, the way I read the, uh, the account in Acts is that there was a group of people gathered in that upper room. As they were thinking about and praying for the Holy Spirit, there was a group of people gathered there. That was what we would call at that time the church. But when we see the Holy Spirit falling down on them, that the tongues of fire were upon each one of them. It wasn't that the fire came into the room and they saw it on the wall or they saw it here or there. It was, it was, the Spirit was empowering each individual. And that's how the church became empowered then. And I believe it's how we will become empowered now. Powerful. Very good. Very good. So, how many of you have read the book, Steps to Personal Revival, by Pastor Hal Bile? Yeah. Have you read that book? Yeah, yeah good book. Would you recommend that book to our Nine. viewing audience? Yes. yes. I would encourage you, uh, my friend, if you have not yet read Steps to Personal Revival, that you would take the opportunity 
to read this book that talks about our need of individually asking for the Holy Spirit, for the baptism of the Spirit on a daily basis. It's not something that we just do one time. Say, Lord, please give me the Holy Spirit. And that's it. It's a daily thing. And that reminds me of John chapter 15. John chapter 15, you know, Jesus gives us that illustration of himself being the vine and us being the branches. And then would one of you read for us verse 4 and 5, John 15, 4 and 5? I can read it. Michelle, go ahead. John 15, verse 4 and 5, it says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Mm, Powerful. So the idea of abiding, Curtis, I see you have, you have a thought. Go well, ahead. There's, there's another verse that comes to mind in Luke 11, verse 13, uh, where Jesus is longing to give us that gift. He's longing and it describes it in verse 13 of Luke 11. It says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more is your heavenly father to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. He's just waiting for us to ask. He has this gift and he's just wanting to to bestow that on us. But we need to realize our need and realize that without him, we can do nothing. He's just longing to give us that gift. Amen, amen. And then the church will be, as it says, empowered to do what? What's the church going to be empowered for? To take the gospel to the entire world. And uh, Pastor Finley, in this lesson, wrote about the importance of planting churches. Mm -hmm. Isn't that right? Did you notice that specific point? Don't you, aren't you inspired by the ASI mission stories of the partnership between the lay people and the church working together to plant new congregations? Doesn't that inspire you? Mm -hmm. And I hope and pray Mm -hmm. that for each one of us, we can always be thinking that this is a movement. It's not just let's build a mega church and settle down, right? Mm-hmm. That's what makes the Seventh-day Adventist church so dynamic and so different. And another thing that you'll notice is these stories, these mission in action and the ministry and offering stories are coming from all around the world. So this is a movement that we've taken, you know, as a church and at ASI here, really this needs to go to the whole world. And Amen. this is part of filling... Fulfilling, uh, Fulfilling the belief. gospel yes. mission. Amen. All right. We're going to put up another question for you to think about. Let's put up question number three. Question number three is so very important. How do I respond to the call of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel? A, respond without question. B, wait for further instructions. Or C, ignore. All right, my friend, I would like to encourage you to be pondering this. And we're going to look at Tuesday's lesson. We have several different stories from the Bible that show us how different people responded to this call. We have some who responded immediately to the call. Who was that? Who responded immediately to the call? Philip. Philip. Philip (laughs) responded immediately to the call. Why did he respond immediately? What was it that prepared him for that response? He had the gift of the Holy Spirit. He had the opportunity and the habit, I believe, of praying daily Mm. for the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
If he had forgotten to pray that morning, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me afresh. Please guide me. Do you think he would have made his divine appointment? He likely wouldn't have. No. Yeah, been listening. Uh, he Rodney, there's, Rodney, there's something interesting as I'm thinking about several comments I've heard from member in action stories and different ones talking during this very ASI conference we're having right now. And that is people talking about these divine appointments and how they pray for them daily in their business and how they see God working and actually providing for them those divine appointments. So this this applies in our day and to us just like it did to Philip. Amen. That's beautiful. That's that's fantastic. Mm. Now, on the other side of things, are there people when the call of God came that responded negatively or hesitantly? Let's say, who was hesitant when they received the call of God? The Holy Spirit was, was tugging on their heart and they were hesitant in their response. Who do you think of? Think of Jonah. Think of Jonah. <laughs> All right. Jonah, Jonah was not just hesitant. He ran the other way completely, right? Completely the other way. What lessons can we learn from Jonah? Don't run from God. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. run, don't so run from lessons. God or a big problem can mm. occur. All right. Mm. Anyone else? I think of Moses. You know, I can identify with that. Lord, I, you know, I'm, I'm not eloquent with speech. I, I, can't, I can't do this. You know, pick somebody else that's more, you know, more fluent, can speak. So that's uh, one thing that comes to mind. You know, we, we look to ourselves really. Yes. And we're going to, we have so many reasons to doubt when we look at ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Moses is a good example of someone who was just a little bit reluctant, right? God had to really press and come again and again and try to bring him back to that. Mm -hmm. Michelle, you have something. I mean, it's similar. I was thinking of the prophet Jeremiah who said, mm -hmm. you know, I am but a youth. Mm -hmm. You know, how, mm -hmm. how can I do this? And I, I've thought about that and thinking, you know, wow, will people listen to me? Maybe because I'm, I'm young or I'm, I'm a woman or will they even know or really care? And so maybe there's some hesitancy because we feel our own inadequacy sometimes. Definitely, definitely. Now, in this lesson, we were encouraged to look at the example of Stephen. How did Stephen respond when the Holy Spirit called upon him? Well, really, serve? he displayed the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, in such a powerful way. Okay. You know? Uh, here he was, um, you know, really his, his heart was for the, the people and he, he was just pleading with them. But yet, you know, the way they responded uh, by stoning him, but then look, you know, when he was basically seconds from death, his, his thoughts were, please forgive them. You know, don't, mm. don't put this on their account, you know. Powerful, powerful thought. Let's go to the Bible in Acts chapter 7. I'd like for us to look specifically at verse 55, Acts chapter 7, verse 55, which talks about him being, mm -hmm. what is the word? Filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, Full the Holy of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Renella, would you read that for us? Do you have that? Sure. Acts seven fifty-five. Yes, verse 55 says, But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Wow. wow. That's absolutely amazing. And Curtis, as you mentioned, you know, 
the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit is a boldness that does not shrink mm -hmm. from sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I think the human tendency is I don't want to press my religion on someone else. Mm. Have you ever had that experience? Any of you? Mm -hmm. I, I, yes. I, I don't want to yeah. press. What do we find in the book of Acts that's overriding the timidity that we have? Or maybe, you know, we say, I, I just want to respect people. I, d I don't want to be overbearing. How do you um, marry those two concepts of being respectful of someone else and yet being bold for the gospel of Christ? Mm. Rodney, I... I think of it in the context of that we need to understand what's at stake. I think many times we forget what's really at stake. What's at stake is the person's eternal life. Not even just their physical life now, but their eternal life. And I know for me, when I'm struggling with this, I'm looking at the individual maybe, and I'm hesitant to share with them, or I'm thinking, well, they got their own opinion, just kind of let it be. Who am I to tell them how to, how to look at things? And it's kind of a theory that's in our world today we have to be careful of. But when we think that this is a soul that Christ died for, I think it helps us to adjust that and to think differently about the person we're looking at. Definitely. Anyone else have a comment here on how to balance these things? Curtis. Well, I know just, just speaking openly, you know, in my life, when I'm... Um, fearful or apprehensive about sharing my faith with somebody or, or just sharing the gospel with them, oftentimes it's because I'm afraid of being rejected. Mm. And, and really that comes down to myself and, and pride perhaps. And that's what the Holy Spirit can, can change in my heart. You know, when I have the fruits of the Spirit, pride is not one of them. And so I'm going to have, as Steve said, you know, a, a passion for souls that I'm going to see this person as a child of the King and someone who God just is longing to, to just, you know, care for and just to save. And uh, so that's what it, you know, for me, uh, something I know God's been working on my heart. You know. That's beautiful. I resonate with that too, because I, I get that. I mean, I remember posting some things on social media and talking to a, a friend of mine who's an agnostic and kind of being like, are you bothered by this? You know, is that okay? It's like, no, no, it's fine. I actually appreciate that. But I think there is a sense of kind of, uh, should I share? Should I not? And it reminds me again of the prophet Jeremiah, who I mentioned was a little reluctant in the mm -hmm. beginning. And at one point he's like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. But in verse nine of chapter 20 of Jeremiah, he tries to, to stop speaking. And he said that God's word was a fire in my bones mm -hmm. and shut up. And I was weary of holding it back and I could not. And I think about mm. that. Is God's word that much of a fire to me? Mm. Does the Holy Spirit do that into my life where I just can't stop speaking? Mm -hmm. Amen. I'm tired of holding it back. <laughs> I don't always feel like that, but I, I want to feel like that. You want that. Yeah. I believe yeah. that's what we Amen. need to be praying for. Now, on Tuesday's lesson, uh, it talked about the message of the cross. Mm. Is that not the message that really should be burning within our hearts, that fire in our bones, mm -hmm. and everything else we share should revolve around the cross of Christ? As Ellen White said, you know, every truth from Genesis to Revelation should come from the light that streams from the cross of Calvary. Mm -hmm. And as Seventh-day Adventists, we have a lot of distinctive teachings, right? Mm -hmm. 
They're all so beautiful only if they come from the cross of Calvary. Curtis, I know you had something there. I was just going to just point back to our our memory text, really. Um, You know, that uh, it's the Holy Spirit that gives us that boldness as well, you know, to share. uh, When maybe it's not pride, but we're just, whatever it is, it's that boldness that, that he can provide that we could never have otherwise. Amen. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. We're going to now move on uh, to, you have something else? Renella. Renella, you had something, Renella? Sure. I was just going to say that I really like that you brought out that point because I think sometimes the fear that we have in sharing with other people um, can come from the fear of rejection, can come from, you know, what will people think of me? But a lot of times it can come from the fact that we don't have a relationship with that person Mm -hmm. or that we're not presenting it in a way that we're making Christ first. And when you do that, it doesn't have to be um, nerve wracking because you're simply sharing from your experience. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I would say to people who um, might feel that, that fear is maybe you're feeling the fear because you're leading with the wrong thing. Maybe if you um, led with um, opening it up as a relationship with God that you personally have, it's a little less intimidating and it really speaks to the heart. Amen. That is so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing. We're going to move on because our time is fast. Uh, Leaving us. It's going so fast. So we're going to put up another poll question at this time. This is one that we want some audience participation. You will find this one on Slido, uh, and we want you to respond. So this is one that segues into Wednesday's lesson. Why do we not see more manifestations of the Holy Spirit like in the book of Acts in our times? Why do we not see it? These are the answers that you could put. Lack of prayer, not enough faith, we do not ask, or we have lost focus on our mission. We want you to be thinking. Now, I know you could put several, but on this one, just choose one question. And again, we encourage you to go to our poll at slido.com. If you've just joined us, we are looking for audience participation. So go to your web browser if you're on a phone or a computer just go to slido.com it will ask you for an event code put in 19794 and we want to hear from you what you are thinking about this important question so let's go to Wednesday's lesson and let us delve in more deeply on this idea of what the Holy Spirit does in the church who's got a point that they'd like to bring out specifically from Wednesday's lesson. Michelle, I'll call upon you because uh, <laughs> I know. we talked beforehand and I think you have some very good points to bring out on Wednesday's lesson. Well, you know, I was just reading some of the texts in Wednesday's lesson and a text from Acts, Acts 4, Acts 8, Acts 13, 17, and there was this common theme about, about the Word and the Spirit together. And I was really just thinking about this and thinking about what is the basis of our faith. We think about the Holy Spirit, but is the Holy Spirit just some like feeling or impression? You know, I had a lady tell me a couple weeks ago about why she believed in reincarnation. And she said that when someone explained it to her, she could just just feel it inside Mm -hmm. herself, that it was true. And I thought about that and, and, and it was just interesting to me to note 
that there was this combination of the spirit and the preaching of, of the word, um, which was the written word, but also kind of like Ranella was saying, the, the testimony of the people who had been changed by Jesus. Mm. And, and that word combined with the conviction of the spirit uh, together seemed to make the impact that we Amen. see in Acts. That's beautiful. Mm. That, that is a fantastic comment. Uh, can you read for us sure. from uh, Ellen White's statement in the book, Education? I know that that one really resonated with yes. you, and I found it so powerful myself personally. Please read yes, it for I us. Yes, I love this quote. Education, page 126, says, The creative energy that called the world into existence is in the Word of God. This Word imparts power. It begets life. Every command is a promise accepted by the will received into the soul. It brings with it the life of the infinite one. It transforms the nature and recreates the soul in the image of God. Amen. In our world today, in our culture, how many people really believe the Bible? The, num the number, unfortunately, is quite low, Rodney, if you look at it. Uh, probably if you did a poll, the number of people who are willing to take the God, uh, the word of God as it reads would be, oh, I don't even know what the percentage would be, but I'm a, quite sure it would be low just because of what we see in the belief systems of the churches around us. That's exactly right. And that goes uh, together with the idea of many think that the Holy Spirit is a feeling and it's somehow disconnected from the Word. And this particular lesson shows us that you cannot have one without the other. The Holy Spirit points you to the Bible, and the Bible po points you to the importance of the Holy Spirit. So very vital. Mm -hmm. Curtis, did you have anything really... else? Oh, sorry, Brunella, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm really glad that you brought out that point too. I just feel like we're tracking because I've as I was reading through this particular um, lesson on this day, I thought, wow, well, for those of us that are in Western countries, um, for the most part, the people around us aren't, um, you know, don't view the Bible as authoritative or are, you know, mm -hmm. that, that it's just a good book. And so how do you, how do you, con you know, connect to the Holy Spirit and using the Word of God to reach people? And I think that it's important to recognize that the Bible and the principles in it are still absolutely 100% what the world needs. Mm -hmm. They might not be open to the actual book. They might have had some um, negative experiences with Christians or whatever it might be in the past, mm -hmm. but the principles behind it are absolutely what the world still needs. And we can still, while being tactful in, with certain audiences that we're in front of, um, still be able to promote the principles of the Bible, um, but uh uh, be able to contextualize it for our audience. And I think that that is still really important. It doesn't mean that we're denying the Word of God, but in certain contexts, depending on where we live, um, it might just be the principles that we're bringing out more to really draw people's hearts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Curtis? Well, I was just, you know, going to point out uh, in in what we just read from education there, it said, every command is a promise. I love so that. So taking that back to the commission that we just read, when it says go into all the world, it's, it's not only a command, but it's a promise that he will be with us and that he will give us his Holy Spirit to accomplish that. Amen. So. And does God ever break promises? No. 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 The promises are <laughs> yay and amen. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand the power of the word of God. Yeah. Precious promises, as Peter calls them, right? Precious promises that help us become partakers of the divine nature 
having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. The Bible is so very important. Now, remember our poll question. Here it is right here. Why do we not see so many manifestations like in the early church? Notice what it says. It, the poll, you see it's moving even as we're talking here. <laughs> but the majority is we do not specifically ask. <laughs> That's very important. And then the next one you see we have lost focus on our mission. Uh, what are your thoughts in response to seeing the poll? How does that resonate with you? Hmm. I, th- I think, Rodney, for me, it says something very simple. We need to be personally committing ourselves to ask and pray for the Holy Spirit every single day mm-hmm. and uh, to recognize that it's God's desire to pour out the Holy Spirit in answer to our prayer. Amen. What kind of manifestations of the Spirit do we see in the book of Acts? Mm. Miracles. What kind? Well, they healed people. They healed people. Okay. Anything else? Boldness. There was an incredible boldness in preaching. What else? Mass conversions. Mass conversions. There was the speaking in tongues. Mm. The language barriers were being crossed. Any other miracles that you can think of in the book of Acts? The unity of the believers. Mm-hmm. They, that was oh, a wow. huge miracle. The <laughs> unity <laughs> of the believers. Do we, do, we, <laughs> do we need these things today? Yes, we Absolutely. do. Absolutely. We definitely do. We need all of these things. I believe that this lesson is calling us into a deeper understanding of our need for the Holy Spirit. My friend, Please join us as we are praying together for a baptism of the Spirit that God can do something in our day that we have never seen before. Mm. Now, I'm looking at the clock. We only have a minute left. Mm. (laughs) There's so much left uh, for us to do. We're going to put up one more poll question. We want to hear how this lesson has impacted you personally. Mm. So let's put up our final poll question that we're going to be looking at. What steps are you personally going to take after this discussion? Mm -hmm. I pray that this Sabbath school lesson has really impacted you. Daily praying for the Holy Spirit. Respond instantly to the Spirit's call to witness. Move forward in faith to share the three angels' messages. And respond to the 3 a.m. call and become a missionary focused on sharing the three angels' messages. Mm -hmm. On this poll... You can choose several options. We set it up that you could choose all of them. And we want to see that. Uh, God is doing an amazing thing in these last days. Is there any final comments before we come back to the poll answers? I just want to share that I think the most powerful thing that the Holy Spirit does is change our lives individually. Amen. And I think that's what we should be seeking the most for. We can pray and pray but we need to also look deep down inside and see the things that God wants us to change. Amen. Amen. Our time is about up. Let's pray as we finish our Sabbath school. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace. Please bless us and fill us with the Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, 
please visit www.audioverse.org.